Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. When you realize that, man, I've blown it right here. You, 1 John 1, 9, you acknowledge what you've done. You confess your sin to God. 1 John 1, 9 says you confess your sins to God. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness that you might be clean before him, that you might be right with him again. So you don't just leave it out there. You don't just continue doing whatever you, God, I'm sorry. I acknowledge that what I did was wrong. I confess that I did that. I repent of it. God, I turned from it and I'm confessing it and I'm trusting that you're cleaning me and you're forgiving me and I go forth from here. There's an important part of the salvation message that we'd rather gloss over. The fact that we need salvation in the first place. Why is that so? Because we sin, every single one of us. Every human being is born into this broken world and we've all failed our Creator. But God's given you the chance to repent of your sins, to come clean about all the wrong you've done. Pastor Bill is going to encourage you to take that step today. Repent and walk away from your sin and grab hold of God's forgiveness. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus, chapter 2, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Look at verse 2. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests of one whom shall take it from his hand, of fine flour and oil with all the frankincense, and the priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Same thing we saw three different times as they offered up the burnt offering. It was a sweet aroma to the Lord. It was pleasing to him as they would offer this up. The the person offering the offering would bring these these things. It would be given over. We're going to see in just a minute. There were three different ways that it could be baked or cooked and offered to God. Um, It would be given over to the priest and the priest would burn it as a memorial on the altar. And it would be an offering made by fire. And it was a sweet aroma that this was pleasing to the Lord. And I would suggest to you that in the same way that this offering was pleasing to the Lord, that if you bring your life to the Lord and it's been sifted through and it's been baptized in the Holy Spirit and it's been governed by prayer, that I believe that we'll be offering up service to the Lord in a way that God would say that's pleasing to me. Do you know it's possible to serve in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord? That you could be doing stuff for God and yet not be pleasing to the Lord. There are people in churches all over the world that are serving they're doing things for God and God would look and say but I'm not pleased it's not a sweet aroma to me how do we know that Matthew chapter 7 there's a group of people on the day of judgment when it's too late to get right and they're standing before God and they say but Jesus doesn't know them and they said no 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 yeah you do they said well we served you faithfully we 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 did many wonders in your name we cast out demons in your name we prophesied in your name Three different things they they list out. We did this. We did this in your name. And and Jesus doesn't deny that they did it. What he does deny is that he knew them. He says, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you guys. We never had a relationship. Um, And I'm looking, thinking like, then what was the motivation for their service? Why were they prophesying? Why were they casting out demons? Why were they doing many other works? What was the motivation? I don't know. But whatever it was, their service, however... Uh, however, you know, frequent it was, however much service it was, it wasn't pleasing to the Lord. They weren't even right with him. So I think it is important that we look at what we do and how we do it, that God, we want to be pleasing to you in our service to you. We want to glorify you in what we do. 
And so again, this for the Lord, this is a sweet aroma to the Lord. Verse three, the rest of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is most holy of the offering to the Lord made by fire. And so God would take care of Aaron, Aaron and his son. They were serving as priests. And as they were there offering these offerings, there would be a portion of it offered up to the Lord. And there was a portion of it that was to be for them. Um, they were going to live off of this. They were going to also uh, be able to consume it. It was going to be set apart for them, Aaron and his sons. In verses four, five and six and seven, uh, there are three different ways that the meal offering could be prepared. And so I'm going to read through three through seven real quick and I'll come back and talk about it. I'm sorry, four through seven. It says, and if you bring as an offering, a grain offering baked in the oven, that's the first way. It shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. The second way. But if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, it shall be of fine flour unleavened mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. And the third way, verse seven. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan. It shall be made of fine flour with oil. You shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord. When it is presented to the priest, you shall bring it to the altar. This is what we get out of that. Three different ways it can be prepared. Baked in the oven, baked in a pan, baked in a covered pan. I was just reading to that earlier thinking, so what? What does that, what does that mean? What's the big deal? And this is what I get out of it. God says, look, maybe that everybody have an oven. The baked in a pan, it'd be more like a skillet. So just an open flat top, something you bake it on. And then the other option was a, in a covered pan. So something that could be covered. What God had done here is made a provision. Look, it's, I'm going to make it easy. I want everybody to be able to participate. Last week, we talked about the burn offering. If you guys remember, there was a, the, you could bring an ox. Um, you could bring a, something from your, your, you know, a goat or a lamb. And if you was broke, what could you offer up? Dove or pigeons, some cheap little birds. Everybody could participate. There wouldn't be anybody saying, God, I wanted to offer a burnt offering, but I couldn't. I wanted to be, I wanted to do this, but I couldn't. So the same here with the grain offering. Um, maybe you had an oven. Maybe you had a skillet. Maybe you had a pan with a, a cover. Um, three different ways. And he gave instructions for each one. I believe in this, that there would be there'd be no excuses that someone couldn't say, God, I, I didn't have an oven with which to bake it and offer it up to you. I couldn't do it. I'm amazed when it comes to serving God, how and I've been around church for a long time. So I'm just amazed at how there'll be people um, saved in church for many, many years. And they just just nonstop reasons why they can't serve. Yeah. You know, I just right now it's really busy with this. So I can't serve. OK. Well, right now I'm just really tied up. Can't serve. Now I'm really can't serve. Now I'm really I can't. And it's got a lot of reasons, a lot of a lot of excuses why we can't. And. Um, here, God says, look, that won't be there. If you want to, I'm making it something that everybody can jump in there. Everybody can do. And for you guys that are familiar with the story of the talents, it's in Matthew chapter 25. We know that God holds each of us accountable for what we have or for what we've done with what we have. God's not holding me responsible or accountable for what I do with what you have, what I have. God's given me a certain amount of ability, a certain amount of gifts, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of whatever I am. And I have, I'm accountable to God with what I do with what he's given me, as are you. Everybody here will maybe recognize people that have more than you. There are men that I look up to that I would say they have more than me. More gifts, more experience, more knowledge, more insight, more, they just have more than me. That's okay. I'm not going to stand before God for him. 
I'm going to stand before the Lord for me and what he's given me. And so each one of us to consider that. I want to read through real quick in um, in Matthew chapter 28 as there was talents given out to three different servants. And, you know, one guy, you guys know the story. One guy took his talent and buried it in the dirt and said, my master is a harsh man. He 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 reached where he hasn't sown. And I was afraid and I didn't want to you know get in trouble. So he just buried it and didn't do anything with it. And then another guy doubled it up and another guy got 10 out of it. And when the Lord came back and he said, hey, everybody come. And he wasn't holding the guy with 10 accountable for what the, the guy with one did. And he wasn't holding the guy with five accountable for the guy with 10. Each guy was held accountable for what he had. And the guy that had one and hit it, so he called him a wicked servant. That's messed up. That was not, you did, you were not faithful with what God gave you. The guy that had five and he doubled up, he said, well done. Good job. Good and faithful. Did a great job. The guy that had the most, he, said he took the one that the guy buried and gave it to him. He said, I'll take what you have and give it to that guy. He, he's faithful. He can handle some more. I'll give him some more. Moral of the story. God's given everybody here something. And we're responsible to the Lord what we do with it. So I'd like to challenge you you guys to write in notes. Whatever it is that you're aware that you have, just write it down so you can look at it. Write write it down in front of you. What What are you aware of at this point in time in your life that I have this from the Lord. This is my gift. This is my ability. This is what God has given. What do you have right now that you would be able to write down and say, I have this from the Lord right now. Write it down just so you can look at it. Write it down, look at it. And then this would be my second question. What are you doing with it? So whatever it is that you've written down, I have this from the Lord. I'm sure I have this from the Lord. Great. Now, what are you doing with it? How's it being offered back to the Lord? How are you using for the Lord? And so maybe you're able to write it down and say, you know what? I have this from the Lord and I'm using it like this. Awesome. Keep it up. That's what we're going to be held accountable. But if you recognize, while I have this and I'm not using it for God, just kind of hanging on to it, just kind of something that's tucked in my back pocket. You know, I'm afraid if I do it wrong or whatever. Um, I'd encourage everybody to, again, he gave them different ways. God's given all of us different. There's different things that we have Um, for you guys that were here for the the talent night. It was a blessing. Uh, We recognize within our body of people, different abilities, gifts, talents, um, ministry, just, just different things that God has put in people. And so everybody wants to take, we want to take what we have and, and just use it in a way where it can be offered back up to the Lord in worship and in service. Um, God will hold us accountable for that. So again, he gave them three different ways. Each way had its own instruction, how it was to be offered up um, that would be pleasing to the Lord. And then verse uh, nine, it says, then the priest shall take from the grain offerings a memorial portion and burn it on the altar. It is an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. So we see that same phrase again. This this also is a sweet aroma to the Lord. So as they took the grain offering and it was banked in a covered pan, baked in a pan, baked in the oven, it was offered up in the way that God prescribed. It was a sweet aroma to the Lord. And I just want to point out again, what does that mean? Because we've seen it all in chapter one. We see it again here. We're going to see it many times in Leviticus. A sweet aroma to the Lord. In the same way that there are things that smell good to you, um, it's, just, it's just a sweet aroma in your nostril, in your, in your nose. There are things that smell good. Uh, there are things that, that, that have that same thing with God. And there's, just think about this. How many guys drive by this Woody's and they blow that smoke out in the street and you smell it? 
And uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, I think they, they have to have something out there blowing it out into the street to like woo people in, like you need to get a brisket or whatever, you know, but they blow the smoke out. It's a sweet smelling aroma to your nostril. Um, for you guys here that burn, we have these little oil burners at home and you burn them and they smell. Just think about when you smell something that's pleasing, it's just, it just smells good. It's pleasing. There are things that are pleasing to God. They have to do with how we're living, how we're serving. Consider that your life could be that to the Lord. That your life, your service, your ministering, your, your giving of yourself and sacrifice, your using of your gifts, it can be to God something that God would just say, man, that smell, that's good to me. That is good to me. I enjoy that right there. As they would offer this offering the way he prescribed, it was a sweet smelling aroma to him. It pleased him. Now in verse 10, it says, and what is left of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire. So once again, whatever's left over is able to be given to Aaron and his sons. The Levites were to receive. They were able to receive from it was things were offered up and they were able to also receive for their own needs from that which was offered up to the Lord. Verse 11. Now, no grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. For you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in the offering to the Lord made by fire. So we got two things here that are not allowed, leaven and honey. Um, so we'll deal with the leaven first. That was the easiest one. Um, leaven in the Bible is symbolic of what? Sin. The way that leaven would work in bread, if you put a little bit of leaven in, it actually created a, a rotting process and it would make the bread rise. And so if you put a little bit of leaven in a loaf of bread, the whole loaf would rise up. Um, my mom used to make this bread when I was a kid called monkey bread. I don't know if that's what it's actually called, but maybe I don't know. We, I ate that was my favorite bread. My mom would make it for me all the time. And a couple times she made it and it was just it was like flat. And I don't know if it had stayed in the freezer too long or if something didn't get put in it. Some ingredient was left out. Um, but you would put it in and it would just start to puff up and it'd be all these little pieces of bread. You grab and dip them in butter and syrup and, and just blah, 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 eat them all up, you know, um, Leaven makes the bread rise up, but in the scriptures, it's symbolic of sin. And so God said, when you bring this offering, it's got to be without leaven. Uh, it, I don't want there to be any of that in it. So consider this with regard to our service, that we wouldn't come before the Lord. We wouldn't offer to the Lord. We wouldn't come in service to the Lord in a way that's sinful. Now, we can't be sinless. Uh, none of us here are going to be able to present ourselves that we're God. I'm serving you because I'm sinless. That's not going to be true for anybody here. Um, it's not possible. Um, but we do want to examine ourselves. And so 2 Corinthians 13, 5, they're told to examine yourselves. See if you're in the faith. You know, check yourself out. Uh, we want to keep short accounts with the Lord. 1 John 1, 9, when you do mess up, uh, you don't want to go on in habitual rebellion and sin. You don't want to go on messing up. When you realize that, man, I've blown it right here. You 1 John 1, 9, you acknowledge what you've done. You confess your sin to God. And 1 John 1, 9 says if you confess your sins to God. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness that you might be clean before him, that you might be right with him again. So you don't just leave it out there. You don't just continue doing whatever you God. I'm sorry. I acknowledge that what I did was wrong. I confess that I did that. I repent of it. God, I turn from it and I'm confessing it and I'm trusting that you're cleaning me and you're forgiving me. And I go forth from here. Uh, but you don't go on in it. So. Uh, that there would be there wouldn't be sin mingled in. And again, I mentioned already the people in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that they were serving and sinning. Uh, they were serving and not saved, basically. 
And so their service was null and void, ineffective, and it didn't mean anything when they stood before God in that final day. And God didn't put that in his word for nothing. That's one of the still Every time I read it, it's like, man, these weren't just people that went to church. These people were busy. They were serving. They were about it. They were doing a lot of stuff, but they were not saved. And so we all want to examine ourselves, um, examine our own hearts. No leaven. We wouldn't, we wouldn't offer something up to the Lord with leaven. Uh, a couple of scriptures. If you're writing notes, you can write down Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 9. And, and that's probably the one that most of us are familiar with with regard to leaven. It says, and a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And in the context there in, 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 in Galatians chapter 5, he's speaking not about bread, but about sin. And how just a little bit gets in and corrupts everything. Just leavens the whole lump. Then in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 5, I'm going to read verses uh, 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 6 through 8. It says, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And he goes on to speak to them about avoiding sexual morality and these other things. But he says, hey, let's, let's, not, let's not come up for the Lord in this way with all these things in between us. And so um, here I would just challenge those that serve the Lord, those that have gifts, those that have abilities, that we would all um, really endeavor to have a clean life, to have a holy life, to have a life set apart, that lives that are set apart for the Lord in service, um, there should be purity and holiness within our lives. Um, and then we live in a very dirty and unholy world. So it's work. Uh, anybody here living in the world that I'm living in, it, it's, it's difficult. It's work. It's something that you have to be committed to. Your heart's got to be set on it. God, I, I need to be a I want to be a vessel that's usable, that's useful in your hand. In the very same way for us guys, we're going through the disciplines of a godly man. They were likening the spiritual discipline. They were likening it to athletes. And so they were showing how that some athletes, just the, 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 the levels that they're willing to go for their sport to, to, to get to the next level. How, how much time, how much energy, how much effort, how much, how much things they're willing to go without, without sleep at times, waking up early, running, without eating the kind of food you want to eat, all these different things for a sport. And then when we look at our lives that we're called to serve God and God will say, can you exercise some discipline here? Can you exercise some discipline in your life that you might be a more effective servant for me? Maybe no more of that in your life. Maybe putting that thing away. Maybe pushing that to the side. Not, not, not just saying, well, now I serve God and I'm just going to see how it goes and just be all whatever about it. But in the same way that these guys would be all disciplined for a sport that we would look at. I think that we should look at serving God as greater than a sport. And so if those guys can be disciplined for that which matters not in eternity, um, could we be disciplined over here for that which matters for all eternity, that which, that which could bring glory to God, that which could be rewarded eternally? Um, and so that we, could we exercise discipline in these things? And so, um, yeah, we want to endeavor to keep a holy life, that we would be able to serve. There are some very gifted men and women that have been their gifts and their abilities have been rendered null and void because of their life. So though they have the gift and though they have a calling and though they have an ability, the sin in their life has rendered them ineffective. They were a wonderful teacher, 
But this sin in their life, now, now they cannot function as a teacher. They, they've disqualified themselves. They're pastors right now that, that, that I know of. They're dynamic and phenomenal communicators and teachers. But they've lived in such a way that now they can't do what their gift, what their gift and their calling was. Um, I think that has to be a horrendous thing. The Bible says the gifts and callings are irrevocable. God doesn't take them back. So they still have the gift and they still have the calling, but now they're disqualified and they can't do it because there was leaven in their lump. There was sin in their life. There were things that they didn't deal with. They didn't exercise that discipline. So now it's just null and void. Um, that has to be a miserable place to sit in. Um, so, yeah, we want to offer up to the Lord that which is pleasing to him. We want it to be a sweet smell to his nostril until he says, hey, no leaven. The next thing he says is no honey. So I thought, why not? Honey is sweet. I like honey. Um, you know, I'm like Yogi Bear, you know, so I, I thought, why, why no honey? And so as I looked into it, um, one of the things that happens with honey, um, if you heat up honey, it breaks down when it's put in the fire. For you guys that are tea drinkers um, or anything else, if you cook or use honey, when you heat it up enough, it just, just breaks down in the water, just dissolves. Um, it, it breaks down into it. And so um, one thing I got from this is that, you know, as it breaks down under the heat, as it breaks down under pressure, that that's something that God doesn't want in our service. God doesn't want us to break down under pressure, break down under the heat. Uh, I believe this is why we also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that there are things that like the honey, again, it just breaks down, it dissolves, it, it can't stand the, the elements, it can't stand the heat, it'll just break down and, and become whatever. Um, how do you respond to the heat? How do you respond, not when everything is going great, but how do you respond? How do you deal when things are not going that great? That becomes really important. Most of us do pretty good when everything's going great. I know I do. If everybody's doing good and everybody is, hey, how you doing? Woo. It's, it's easy. You know, we, we just we doing great. But how do you respond? How do you handle it when the heat gets turned up? What about when things get a little yucky? What about when things get a little hairy? What about when when things aren't going the way that you would like them to go? This could be at work. It could be in service at church. It could be at home with the family. It could be wherever God has you. How do you handle when the heat gets turned up? Are you able to stand then? Um, or do you just kind of break down? Does it all fall apart? Can you only be lovely and gracious and, and meek and spiritual when everybody else is also all those things? Can you respond in that same way to somebody that's being ugly towards you? You know, some of us, uh, I was talking to uh, one of the principals at Inglewood High School and um, found out the guy's a believer and we were sitting there talking and um, I was kind of going in a little further trying to figure out where, you, you know, where you fellowshipping at and, you know, how involved are you in this? And we're just talking and going forth and back and forth. And then he, you know, there's this exchanges with a couple of the kids that went by. And he said, hey, I can tell you right up front. Some of these kids make me lose my religion, you know, and, um, you know, that, that's a phrase I used to hear a lot. And it was kind of a Christian way of saying, like, you know, I'm going to lose my religion. Like, I'm, I'm going to set aside the Jesus and the, the, the kindness and the mercy. And you might hear some bad words and some some attitude and some other stuff. Is that OK for the servant of the Lord? No, no. Can't lose your religion. First of all, it's not religion. It's relationship. And you can't lose it. It's a choice. It's, it's what it's really called. It's called fleshing out. Right. I don't ever lose my religion. If I go off on you, I fleshed out. I snapped on you. I, I got in the flesh. That's what it would actually be. It was an outburst of wrath. I let my flesh take over. I didn't yield to the spirit. That's what it would end up being. So, again, as I, I, I 
ask all of us to consider how do you do? We're all different, right? We're all different. But if you realize that, you know what? I'm weak there. I do great until I get caught off guard by that one. You know, somebody come at me wrong. Somebody speak to me harsh. Somebody say the wrong thing. gets me all discombobulated. If you recognize that to be a weakness, it's okay. But you want to recognize it and you want to address it, right? You want to get stronger in that area that it wouldn't be something that is a continual weakness. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. But we're so glad you joined us for today's teaching on Pastor Bill. As we continue learning from the book of Leviticus together, our prayer is that you begin to understand where you come from. Knowing your roots is so important to understanding your faith and the heart of God. You may think all the rules within the Bible are outdated or just plain don't make sense, but they were there for a reason. They weren't there to punish, but rather to guide. And who doesn't need a little guidance from time to time? We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Leviticus and encourage you to read on on your own. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you'll find them on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. If you live in or near the Inglewood area, we'd love to meet you and invite you to join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryInglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person, and you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryInglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and possibly hearing about Jesus for the first time? Please pray that their hearts will be open to the truth that changes lives. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word.